folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You're on with Real Redneck Tom Millard. And of course, we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? I am here, and it's a beautiful night for a podcast. It is a beautiful night for a podcast. It, it, it's warmed up just a little bit. I'm able to go yeah. outside still without a toucan. I have a toucan. Do you have a, do you have, just, do you have a toucan with yeah, your yeah, own I'm, face I'm really... on it? Uh, I've been wearing that for the last three days. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> While I was doing some garage activities, I was sending you pictures of the other day. Yes. And uh, the fact that I'm out in the, the sunroom with my teacup and you got to wear your toque when you're out here. So. <laughs> it's, it's not the sunroom when it's that night in November. No, it's the frost room right now. <laughs> and wearing a toque no, with your no, own no, face no. on it. You're not arrogant or cocky or anything, but you yeah. do not mind a toque with your own face on it. Can I finish the, the introductions this time, tonight? Well, I didn't even get there. I know, I want to do it. Okay. Okay. And, of course, in the studio tonight is myself, Todd's dad, known as the patriarch of Redneck Country. And, as you know, my mic is hot. And sitting next to me in the studio, as always, is the never ready guy, Todd. Todd, are you ready? <laughs> what is that? Did you get like a nitroglycerin prescription from your doctor or something that we need to know about? I just think it's time that people heard the real story. Yeah, and, and, and now, now you've heard for the, the rest of the story. <laughs> what is that? I don't even know what you're talking about. The never ready guy. Of course you do. Bill knows, don't you, Bill? Uh, I'm, I'm always ready. Yeah. I've turned Everybody over a new leaf that, in the last couple years. Well, it's because you've been hanging out with me more, but <laughs> it uh, it probably has something to do with that, I'd say. So I'm sure that there's this podcast here is uh, coming to us on November 11th. Uh, we're recording on November 11th, and I just want to say before we get started, uh, happy November 11th, Remembrance Day to, to everybody, and uh, in honor of all the people who served, thank you very much, and uh, uh, hopefully we uh, don't ever have to go through that again, but thanks for everything that you guys have done Absolutely, yes. I mean, like, it, almost the number one day of the year, if not, for, for sure. It's our freedom. Yep, so I right. mean, I I could go, I could do a whole podcast on that with my my own feelings and thoughts and and family members and and everything. Yeah. But but yep, yeah, I a hundred hundred and four thousand million percent behind that. Bill, yep, I agree. So absolutely, thank you everybody and, uh, for your service enjoy. and our freedoms. Yep, here's to you. So agreed. A little sip of tea for everybody. Agreed. Well, well said. Mm. Let's just have a brief moment of silence for all those that have served for our freedoms and all those currently serving for our freedoms. Once again, thank you all. We cannot say it enough. So well and said. then um, the other side of it is we are on the back end of the the rifle hunt. Well, the muzzleloader hunt for you guys, but the rifle hunt, the for control me, so. hunt. Yeah, our well, and what do they call it? The antique. Our area is called what? Dad, the antique firearm area or something like that. But it's what do you call it? The muzzleloader. We call it the, yeah, the muzzleloader. Well, it's controlled hunt everywhere. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's, you got to put the draw in, right? So for those that don't know, I can recap really quickly and, and just state that there's three weeks that bow. So bow opens October 1st for us, shuts down December 31st. So that is the season for bow. However, the first full week of November 
Bo shuts down as that is the first week of the controlled hunt that you put in for a draw. Now in our area, it's, it's been a hundred percent draw for a long time. And, and then always usually some extra tags. And then there's the week happens. And then the next, the, it, that rifle's done. Bo opens back up for a week and then it shuts down for the second week of the controlled hunt, which is again, draw it, uh, depending on your area. And then it shuts down right after it goes into bow bow for a week. And then the third week it bow shuts down again, can't hunt bow. And that's the third week of the controlled hunt. You can only hunt with a gun in those controlled hunts. Our area is antique rifle, which is muzzleloader up where you are, Bill, you can use high powered rifles. Some yeah, areas ours, ours is a little bit different and not, not to confuse everybody in the issue for everybody's talking about it up in, in, in our area in North, we can hunt, uh, right up from October 1st to the first uh, Monday in November, or the, which is the f- first full week. And we hunt with rifle for two weeks. We can hunt back-to-back weeks. I didn't even know that. Yep, for real. We can hunt for real. Back-to-back weeks uh, with rifle up there. And you can hunt with a bow during that time, but you must wear hunter orange uh, uh, during that time. That's right. I did know that. I know some areas did have bow open and you could, you just, but you had to wear hunter's orange. Yes. So we're back to back. And then uh, this Sunday coming, uh, which would be the end of the rifle hunt up up north in my area, it it opens back up for bow. And then the second week of December, it's a muzzle loader and bow only no rifles oh i didn't so, know that you guys had a muzzle loader only up there we do yep and that's uh, that's a, that's the in my mind uh the best time of the year to hunt everybody that hunts and gets big deer says they don't even a lot of the locals don't even bother hunting the rifle hunt because of all the people that are in the bush they said they wait until the the, the muzzle loader season which get is them big smart hiding bucks uh, that's There's right ninja and bucks. they get those bucks that are moving in the daytime and flip the script on, on, on those big guys. And, no doubt. and that's, that's when they're getting their, their deer, but yeah, no. So we're, we're just finished our, your controlled hunt and our first week of the rifle hunt. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That's what's yeah, got some I didn't stories. even know that. I didn't even know that up there. I thought it was the same across the board for the most part. I knew that I knew the bow thing, but I did not know yet two weeks of rifle and everything, but yeah. So, and up there too, you can hunt rifles on Sunday. So and, and we can here now too. And there's okay, certain, yeah. yeah, there's certain areas. I, I think, I don't know. Is there any left dad that there's still no Sunday gun hunting? Is there any, sorry. Is there any areas only, left that there's still no Sunday gun hunting? Mm, yeah, there's still some areas. There's a few. Yeah. They, not they, for, not yeah, many. not many for most of ours around here. They've opened it up. So yeah, we yeah. are. And it, it shortened our goose season because we used to have a, we used to have a January. Oh uh, yeah, where where there's no that's right. Season. Where there's no Sunday gun hunting, there's a late season for goose for waterfowl, and it opens for a week in January or February and a week it again. Won't. Yeah, week in January and then a week your, in February. But yeah, and they is were your good controlled hunts. hunt? Is your controlled hunt down there Monday to Friday, or does it encompass the no, weekends no, too? Monday it, to it, Sunday. Monday to Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Arkansas I mean, hunting. never for us, Bill. I don't want to sound cocky or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 it never really does. Six minutes it, into the podcast, encompass encompass a Saturday Sunday for us. But yeah. if needed for those that are less fortunate, then. <laughs> but I should do a little interlude. Like they used to, so they wanted to have shotgun here a while ago in our little WMU here because they said at that time there was so many deer, and they're like, we're going to open it up for shotgun, and a bunch of hunters got together. They had they had meetings at, at multiple little towns uh, in this in the major WMU and a lot of hunters got together and said no and they said why not well because we like our our muzzleloader season a because one shot per deer you only get the one with with shotguns you got three shots so they're like well that's why there's so many deer we got to we got to manage the population so we just simply said everybody got together went to the meetings with the MNR asked that no 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 why don't you just give us extra tags and not do because everybody and their uncle has a shotgun it would be insane three shots per per deer that you see and uh, those shots could they could you can shoot a lot further than than well than what i can with my muzzle loader and so that that i remember that year we got like what dad six extra tags you could buy yeah it was insane and then a couple years later you could only get one tag and I'm like, how did you manage that? You went from every hunter being able, was there that many done? Or did you just maybe miscount a little bit? But but regardless, yeah. yeah so our area has stayed antique or muzzleloader only for forever. And so yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it does. And that's a good point. Well. That's so. a good point. And uh, the logic behind it, the sound as to why to keep it that way. You know, if you haven't been rifle in your area, if you haven't had shotgun, uh, then, then why introduce it? Just curate and let the people have more tags. And then if the guys are really interested in, and serious about being hunters, they would invest in a, a muzzle loader to, to participate in that, that, that hunt. You got her. So, yeah. yeah and I, I like it. I mean, and see, you can tell in rifle hunt, up north, uh, their opening morning sounds like, uh, well, not, not as much this year, but in typical years, it would sound like World War II coming on with everybody shooting. And it's not one <laughs> shot. It's, it's shoot till the clip is empty. And then a few times uh, we were talking, I said to TJ, that deer is Swiss cheese. There is no way if that guy was shooting either, he ran out of bullets or, or that deer is Swiss <laughs> cheese. Because, you know, you, you get to five and then a couple seconds later, it's like he dropped the clip and put a new one in. And another five. I'm like, what is he shooting at over there? So if if you had the one shot, it to me, you, you get a better shot on the animal. You're you're more conscientious of the shot that you're taking because you only got that, one. Well, normally, yes, that, <laughs> that's yeah, true. Or, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure. We're, uh, anyways, I won't, no spoilers yet, but the, the you only get one, and that's why I, I shoot a single shot, thirty out six. Uh, I don't have multiple shots. Doesn't matter if it's is it like uh, bolt 10, action? Ten years? No, it's it's break action because it's on the same frame as my muzzle loader. So uh, uh, you, you take the muzzle loading. That's right. You said that last off. year, right? Yeah, Thompson yeah, Center. And then you, that's correct. A Thompson Center Encore. Uh, shoot a Thompson Center Encore 50 cal for the muzzle loader, and the same frame you take off the barrel and the, the scope, and then you put uh, whatever other caliber that you want. And I bought a 30 odd six. So I love it. I've, I've carried that for, I don't know, three years now, and I've shot shot plenty of deer, but um, you get one, <laughs> you know. And if the guys are, are talking on the phones, well, that wasn't Bill shooting. There was more, more than one shot. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, guys, I can reload fast, but I can't reload that fast. <laughs> so, but 
Yeah, I like the idea that people get one shot and they, they make it count as opposed to just yeah, winging. and that's true. It, that's very true. Yep. Yep. And we'll we'll tell some stories on that. Or you, you borrow the buddy's gun sitting beside you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Hopefully they didn't <laughs> drop it. Which you have no clue so, where it shoots, but you just grab it, put it up, pull the trigger anyway. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I listened to the last podcast again in, in preparation for this one just to, to kind of... You know, you're trying to reminisce and what we did last week and, and come up with some points. And I and I got to tell you, uh, I won't. Um, it's not my turn right yet, but um, there was some firsts for me. I was pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty uh, uh, definitive when I said, you know, I don't need to sight my gun in and I never drop a gun. So. We're going to tell some stories that uh, required a little bit of uh, both. So <laughs> I don't know where you want to start. Where well, do you want to go? I think we, we kind of discussed this right before we got on here and, and hit record. Said, wow, we got so much right now. We got like two, three episodes in us at this point in time, which is awesome. This is why like with the podcast, what it's all about, learn from our mistakes or learn from our successes. So yeah. I, I, we said it, just for everybody listening. We're going to try to recap each of us our Monday, Tuesday, and then next week we can do, if if some of us were still in the bush after Monday, Tuesday, we could do later days, Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> and then we're going to probably do a sum up at, at the end and, and maybe even discuss a little bit of morals and values in, in the camp again, but with actual real world uh, jazz that has happened and because like uh, we got stories yeah. and I, and I want to bring it home and I really want to call some people out and, and mention names and make it, make it a big deal. Cause it, it is, it's what redneck country is all about. So uh, yeah, I don't know who wants to go first. I, I'm kind of curious on what dad's trying to get at. Cause now he's gone quiet and with the almost ready guy, cause I am always ready. <laughs> yeah, it's ready. We, we, when we say we're getting up at four 30, we'll meet your place at a certain time. I figured this is where we were going to go. We and are. I was ready. We always, we always tell him 15 or 20 minutes before we really gonna really want to meet because he's always looking for stuff. Were we at minute. the meeting point at six o'clock every morning? Yes. Yes, now, we now. were. Yeah. Now this year, see, I, I turned got, over a new leaf. Yes. This year, I gotta say, Bill, we were all surprised. Even through the goose season, when we pulled up, the garage door was up, and he was in the garage getting his stuff together. Which we were really pleasantly surprised. We were on time every morning. I'm a brand new and man. We said we were, and he always sets the time because he likes to be in the bush forty at least forty five minutes early, sitting down before light so that yeah, me gets too. A chance to quiet down and yep. you know, let the world wake like, up around you. That's that's my yeah, philosophy exactly. And so he sets the time. He says that like he agrees. We're, yeah, exactly. We have to agree. He, he sets the time. Yeah, or I'm going by myself. So and then he's yeah. got to carry his own crap in. We meet at the meeting point at 6 a.m. And it doesn't get light until, well, this year we didn't get the time change. So we met at 6. When was the first legal shooting? 7.35. 7.35. So that's that, that time change really messed up things I'll this year as far it as was your, weird. your thought process. It, it that's what all it was. Yeah, it, you know, it was just a, it was a messed up your mind because my dad is a, 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 a 12 o'clock you stop for lunch, 5 o'clock you stop for dinner, like it, except for hunting. And now when he had to consider eating dinner at like 7.30, almost 8 o'clock at night, he, he was getting agitated because he gets that's, angry. Way, that's way past his dinner time. There were, it, it's there the were, same thing. Yeah, and there were some days because of the way the hunt was progressing, we didn't get our lunch until 2. One day it was 4. 
and because <laughs> well, three, was three ish, back. you know, when they say, okay, 70 is the new 50 that, that for age. Well, who says that? Wait a minute. Is this in the senior living magazine? Because yeah. that's they cater to their audience, right? How do we sell more magazines? Yeah, Tell them that they're the new, new 50. 50. <laughs> Tell them how spry they are. Yeah. Yeah. People are living longer. They're more active. Longer. Gray hair is the yeah. new black. Never mind that. We weren't going to waste time. Without the time change, deer used to walk at eight o'clock. Walker's the new cane. Where I sit, the deer used to come through at eight o'clock. And this year, it was nine o'clock because we didn't move the clocks ahead. Yep, not till, not was, till this past week. Lord, Dad, with that. I mean, he'd text you, but like, we still got to sit longer because it's 11 o'clock. But really, that <laughs> yeah, means. Just, <laughs> or we got to say it's 10 o'clock. But but remember, we shot a deer last year at 11. So they're, the deer are going to start walking right now because <laughs> it's yeah. actually it's 11. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you guys, uh, what, what cell phone service you guys are on. But Monday morning, we were really messed up because. Bell well, had I heard that one of them phones, didn't change right? or something. Well, it, it was weird. I set my alarm for 5 a.m. And, I, you know, it, you know, you know what time legal shoot is. I'm, I always like to be the first guy up in camp. I have my breakfast. I put the wood fire on. Get you have time to have breakfast? I have breakfast every morning. Candace made me some really good. Uh, DJ called it wallpaper paste, but I, I, it was it was it was really good. It was yogurt and or, or uh, some chia seeds and ah, all kinds of stuff. Anyways, good stuff. So I got to get up a little bit earlier so I can do my, my my morning routine, get the camp going. And I woke up at five a.m. My alarm went off, and then I was sitting at breakfast uh, at the breakfast table, and I looked at my phone and it said four o'clock. And I'm like, I'm going to be really upset if if somehow my clock on my phone changed because it thought it was a time change, but it really didn't change. I, it, it was all messed up. And then it, it took um, it, it, most of the morning before the, the clock's right. It's so the, do you the, not use your back. phone as your alarm? I do. My alarm went off twice. It went off at 5 a.m. And then the, my, the, it somehow Bell messed up the system and changed my, my phone to 4 o'clock. And my alarm went off a second time at 5. Oh, after you were already up. up. So you got up. After I was already so up. So you got up on time. They changed. Yes. So you just got locked out when they did that time. That's right. Oh, that's wow. Because, yeah, I so, use my I mean, phone and my watch, I, right? Like it vibrates my wrist. And that's when I get up. Yeah. So I got up and, and everybody was kind of questioning it. But. It got light right when it was supposed to, and I was in the tree stand right when I needed to be. So well, this worked <laughs> it was for good me because I have my breakfast in the field. I have a granola bar and a small thermos of coffee, and so little I, thermos. It's like a baby year, thermos. This year at eight o'clock, like since I was up at the regular time, like they didn't time do the time change. Eight o'clock, I was hungry for breakfast. That's when I eat, and so normally. If I looked at the watch and said it was eight, that's when the deer are going to walk. But this year, when I looked at my watch and it said eight and I'm hungry, well, it's breakfast time. I got another hour before the deer walk, and it worked out perfect. I would get my granola down <laughs> and my coffee down before any deer walked through my area or I heard so, any gun. So you like the time the time not changing. I did. I didn't mind getting home later. I didn't mind that. It, uh, it made a short night when I got home. Yeah. Like you get home, yeah, I gotta, I, I want to wash my clothes and I'll, I'll have to tell you that why in the stories upcoming, but I got to wash my clothes. Well, you got to wash them in the scent. They got to, they got to soak. They need an extra rinse. Then I got to get them in the dryer and then I got to get them in a, in a scent free 
tote with my Ozonics on them so that I could get them sent free for morning. And, and then you got to charge your, your other Ozonics batteries to get them ready for your Ozonics. You got to make your lunch. You got to get it in the fridge so that in the morning you can just get up. Then I got to make a big pot of coffee thing to fill my thermos for the morning and get it. So get, get the coffee ready so I can just hit the go button so that I am the ready guy and get all of that jazz done and then go to bed. Oh my gosh, dude, I'm laying there going, is, is the dryer done yet? Is the dryer done yet? Is the dryer done yet? And technically, we don't have this. Technically, there was no change because no, technically it wasn't. Whether you went home when it was dark at six, or you went home when it was dark at seven, you still there had to would do be, all that wait, before yes, you went to yes, bed. but and in the morning, in the morning, you had the same amount of sleep because you either got up at four or you got up at five. It's the no, same it's, amount. It was of just time. so. It's but just, it's not because your family seemed, is in bed. Yeah, just, yeah, you just seem that way because when you got home, your family's getting ready to go to bed, and, and uh, you're looking at the clock, and it's an hour later going to bed than you normally did. So, I mean, yeah. technically, it was no difference for me. Like, yeah, for the retire folk, who cares, right? That's it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So, you know, we wanted to start this conversation on Monday, but I want to start on Sunday, real, real quick. I'll tell you. Yeah, well, yeah, because you're up there hunting. You hunt bow up until yeah, we, you're ready to rock, right? It was awesome. I mean, we we got up there on Saturday morning, and uh, like I said last time, we, we I, all I need to do is take the rifle out of the case, and I clean out. I take a shot. Uh, with 30 out of six and the 30 30, which is the two guns I brought up to clear out the, the, uh, the oils, the rust. first shot, right. Not in my guns. Uh, <laughs> and then first shot at 50 yards with the 30 30, uh, <laughs> the first two shots were right on top of the other. Right. They, they touched each other. They were so close. So I'm good to go backed up to a hundred yards with the, with the, the 30 30 right there, right. Exactly where I needed to be 30 out of six, same thing. So, Three shots out of each gun, and I'm good to go. The uh, <laughs> well, the story to that a little bit later on was I wasn't that good to go later on in the week, but we hunted. <laughs> I hunted uh, as I um, got a picture, <laughs> but we'll, yeah, we'll we'll save that. We'll save that one. But I got uh, I got to do a little bit of crossbow hunting um, on the Sunday in the, um, the pre rifle hunt, and uh, that day. I saw the most deer I saw of the entire week. So, you know, I get in there uh, on the Sunday, um, you know, with high hopes and stuff. And, and I pull my, my camera back a picture and I had 3,400 and some odd pictures and of a beautiful leaf. <laughs> 3,400 at least were just leaves blowing. <laughs> and I thought I was so pumped up because I had so many pics on the camera. I got my phone in the That's a lot of deer, Bill. That's, or you put it right and that deer is like chained to the camera. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought something's, hey, this is great because I, I had a setting on there for three-picture burst plus a video. Three-picture burst plus a video. And I had them so close together that I had over 3,000 pictures of just grass blowing in front of the camera so the sensitivity was way down and i got so disheartened because all i had on that camera for the entire time was those since since uh, thanksgiving weekend and i and they weren't even many i had like four does on camera so i'm thinking oh, i got a doe tag in hand i'm still optimistic i'll go out there and it was the exact same thing that you guys talked about all the time i shouldn't have put a camera That's up right. because it now i'm thinking you. Now I'm thinking that big guy has already been shot and he's off the off the, the hit list. 
The second big guy is already shot. He's off the hit list. But now there's nothing I in the area because your only. camera nothing in the has area made you in a bad nothing. mood. You don't even want to get up yep. and go hunting. Well, I'm, I like being in the bush, but you're right. The, the, the whole fact is I was out there hunting for horns to start off with, and I got nothing. Technology. Anyway, so Saturday, Saturday, yeah, I was ruined. So Saturday, I got out there about, I don't know, 12 o'clock. By 1 o'clock, I had at 180 yards a doe walk into the field. 180 yards of the crossbow, a little bit too much. Uh, I could have done it. <laughs> Yeah, crossbow. you probably would have. That, <laughs> Fifteen inches over her back and yeah. let her fly. <laughs> she catches it with her teeth and spits the arrow back at you. So I'm thinking, great. I mean, it's, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. I've seen a deer. I'm good to go. As the afternoon progresses, I don't know if I even told you this. Uh, afternoon progresses. It's it's getting on six o'clock, I guess. Uh, the legal shoot was done at six. 20 i think was lights out camera over crossbow uh put away there's nothing i can do 608 this doe and two fawns walk at 100 and i'm gonna call it 140 yards right in in the field at my 12 o'clock right right in front of me and i'm thinking well that, that's that's good too that's, that's <laughs> rifle know? range for tomorrow but now that's you're stuck in the trees tomorrow, so you I'm, don't exactly. spook them Right. So if, rewind just a little bit. I went to Elwood Epps on my way up there to get uh, some more ammunition because just in case I, I ran out, you know, it, what happens when you shoot that many deer, you, you run out of ammunition, right? <laughs> so I got a, I got a box of ammunition. And is, is that what happens, the, Bill? Is that is no, that when you run out of ammunition? <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not what happens. Tags? Do you run out of tags first or do you run out of ammunition first? <laughs> what are the signs of a good, yeah, what's the signs of a good hunter? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I walked down the, the scent aisle at Elwood Epps and for the first time in, uh, I don't know, since this first time since they, they pretty much put synthetic deer lure out there, I decided to try Think 69 and they said on the package, this is what sold me, it's the most, it's the closest we can get and ever got to the pre-synthetic scent. I'm thinking, all right, uh, I'll, I'll bite so I bought uh, I bought some of this synthetic deer urine, and I tell you what, it was exactly like the deer deer scent was pre synthetic times. Oh, it stinks! I use it. It, it was uh, yeah, and, still, and I tell you, oh my phone still smells like it. it. Still, <laughs> but well, so I have these scent wicks by uh, I don't know who makes them. Doesn't matter, but they're they're the double scent wicks. So I, I put some of that in uh, a. Uh, Tink 69 uh, drag down on Sunday and I walked right uh, at about 140 yards. I walked right parallel to my stand and then I walked on a line and I dropped that scent wick, I don't know, 40 yards right from where I'm sitting just to give me uh, a, a shot if, if something comes in. And would you, would you not believe it? Those three does that came into the field picked up that scent drag line nose on it that wasn't on the ground but the, the nose to the ground looked up nose to the ground looked up and followed that scent wick drag line right exactly to where i hung it up no doubt i'm not kidding and then then as these three three does are, are coming in i got it's getting darker now 
and I got my binos up and I got my binos on them and I look off to my, my, my right and I'm looking in the bush, two more deer are sitting there. So I've got five deer at about 10 after six and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I can't see these two that are in the bush, but they're coming in too. And they're coming. I had five deer within 35 yards right at 620 <laughs> and no not, one them, not one of them had horns and four of the five deer were congregated right underneath the branch that i had that scent wick hung on isn't that something it was crazy i, I couldn't i don't know if they're little button bucks or, or what they were or the reasons why that they were coming out i don't know why those would be coming out at that uh, tink 69 yeah, some comfy esters maybe i don't know because they, they were they were Within 35 yards, underneath my stand, and they, they didn't even have a care in the world that I was there or not. Well, I'll tell you, and I've used that stuff for a long time. I've used, I've used a lot of stuff. I went back to Tink 69 last year, the year before, because I remember, and I thought, why did I quit using it? Because way back when I first started bow hunting, it, like 20 years ago, I was at the family farm. I had a tent in the field. I, I'm a rookie at the bow hunting game at this time. And I put the little Tink scent bombs, like you're talking, the little wicks, right? But mm-hmm. they had little orange canisters and you pulled the wick out and you squirted it on the wick and there was corn stubble. I put it on the corn stubble and it dropped down to a ravine, but just a little bit like it was, it was only probably like a 10 foot drop into this, into the bottom. And I was up in the field in a tent in the corner and I put these out and I, I, I don't know, they were like 30 yards from my tent and I put one and then I, I walked 10 yards. I put another one. I walked 10 yards, put another one and I'll be darned if I didn't have a giant nine point. All of a sudden I see movement over out of the right on the bottom of the ravine. And I got a big giant head and a nine point sniffing. And he came up out of that ravine at 30 yards, walked right to it, sniffed it. I tried to draw my bow just, I, and you know, it's the dumbest thing because all I was thinking about was my brother-in-law said to me, well, don't use a tag before black powder season. And I'm thinking if I got a giant, I'm going to do it. But I've been watching a lot of monster buck videos back then, real tree monster buck videos. And I'm going, Hmm, you know what? I bet you, I bet you for nine points, he was at, we don't talk inches at Redneck Country, but just so others can relate, he was probably 150 inch animal. He was massive. And I'm like, nope, he's not like on monster bucks. I'll let him walk. I'll just see if I could draw. And I couldn't get drawn anyway, because every time I went to draw, it wasn't a tent with shoot through windows. We're going 20 plus years ago. It was just a little pop-up tent. Every time I went to draw, he could hear my clothes rustle, stop and stare right at me. And I couldn't draw. Until I finally went to go to full draw, he took off running. Because by then, but I mean, knowing now, when he first came up out of that ravine, I went to full draw. Should have hammered him. But right? and you I know what? No, and those I videos there. Smoked him because, oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever had a, a buck that big in front of me in bow season since. Yeah. Those videos skew your reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but it, it was all Tink 69. And so I just yeah. went back to that uh, last year, the year before. But I'll tell you what. I let dad's buddy, Bill, borrow one of my hunting packs in which I, when I got it out for him to use, I found last year's big giant bottle of Tink 69, half full. And I said to him, here you go, dude. And all you got to do with this backpack is hang it on a tree. Cause wow, (laughs) did that thing reek. (laughs) And the new bottle, by the time the third day came by by Monday, Tuesday, that thing, I had dripped it and dropped it on my clothes in my pocket. And and holy geez. Like I came home. Sorry. Yep. 
my my scent wick I fortunately had a little Ziploc baggie that they came. I got the same ones. They're full, full and the, yeah, the Ziploc bag was yeah, gone right. on day one because well, that's who I am. I put it in there, but uh, my pockets, my hands. Oh, my, we walked dude. into the the woodshed there where we store all the clothes and stuff. And my dad says, "Yep." I can sure smell that. No doubt. Well, I I showered with that scent-free soap every night when I got home and every morning when I got up before I went out. And so I'd shower while my clothes are in the washing machine and then I go lay down in bed with the family and we'd all watch TV because I had to be up to get my clothes in the dryer. So I'm like, let's watch TV while you guys lay in bed and go to sleep. It's my time that the only time I can spend with the family. Cause it's like an hour. It, it, like, cause it, it was so late. So I lay and they, I, that's all they complained about for the whole week is yeah. you stink like pee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh dude, it's potent stuff. And I'll tell you what, my phone accidentally put it in my pocket with the bottle, pull the phone out. Oh dude, my phone yeah, still well. smells like it. <laughs> Sunday night, so lights go out on Sunday night, and I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the tree. Yeah, because you don't want to spook them. You got five deer at 40 yards. Rifle season is is starting up uh, first thing in the morning. Uh, I've got five deer within, you know, 35 yards, and then I hear twigs break behind me. Oh, don't even. What's going on back there? And it's two twigs break behind me, and then those deer kind of, they don't spook heavy, but they spook enough where they just kind of congregated together and they just kind of trotted off. And I'm thinking, well, that's the best thing that could happen because, you know, now you can get out of the tree. As long as it's not stand. a monster coming through after legal like every, shooting time. Right. It was definitely after legal shooting time at that point. I could see them through the binos and I, I kept the binos on. You know, the crossbow was, uh, was, was away there, but um, the binos were on and I could see and I looked for horns for for the simple fact that I just wanted to, to, to know what was down there. And I never, ever saw what was behind me, but it took two jumps. And you could hear deer, you know, when they're bounding away. Oh, yeah. And, and those deer took two, two bounds from behind me and they were gone. So I had six deer in front of me and two deer behind me, which, again, I didn't see, so I don't even count them. But that's that's before that's now my, my, up. my hopes. Yeah, I was pumped. Coming in there, coming into first thing on Monday morning, now I, I've, I've got, uh, I've already seen six deer, no horns, but at least I know there's deer around. So. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was my Sunday story. Well, and I've had that. I don't want to migrate away from our, our controlled hunt, but I think it's valid that that same thing. I I had Scotty's climber. Scotty was over in a tree stand and I said, dude, there's a deer coming across this road and there's a good path. Drop me off here on your way into that farm. And I'm going in with your climber just 20 yards off the road. And so I did, I went up in there and I knew there was a giant buck walking through there. And so I get up in the tree I had some does go by it bow season uh, last year, the year before. And sure enough at dark, I hear this thing coming and I'm thinking the same thing as you. I want to hunt this guy. It's early in the season. I don't want to let him know I'm there. So I got to do something. And so I sat there so long. He was just meandering and I couldn't see. It was so dark as he was coming through the thicket. I couldn't, I knew it was a deer. I didn't know it was a buck. I couldn't see antlers. I couldn't even see the deer. So I thought, okay, I gotta, I gotta be natural and get it away naturally. So I'm grunting. I rattle. It's dark. I can't. It runs to the stand right to the tree. It is below me. Snort wheezing, grunting, (laughs) everything. 10, 15 minutes. Scotty's now pulled up on the road waiting for me to come out. And this freaking buck is below me. And it's so dark. I can't see how big he is till I finally thought, all right. 
I got no options. I got to pull out my phone and put my flashlight on him and see what it is because he ain't going. I pull out my phone and just as I hit the light, he takes off. I never even got to see what he was. Never seen him again. But yeah, yeah, he had me treat for a good... I don't know, 15, 20 minutes after dark. Cause That's I did the same thing. Too. I didn't want to spook him. I wanted him no, to I, come back naturally. I had my phone, uh, on, on my stand and I was, you know, my brother texted me, I'm out. TJ text. I'm out. I'm like, guys, stop texting with the light of the phone. I couldn't move to even take yeah. the phone and put it in my pocket or something. You know, every time a text would come in, the flat light would, you know, I had it on dim, like as, as low as possible. Yeah, still, you thinking, don't want to, you don't want to. No. Scotty, he, he's got a time frame. He won't even touch his phone until That's a certain <laughs> time of morning. And as soon as it starts to get dark, boom, phone. No, it's gone. It's, yeah. it's away. I, I got caught, you know, with that phone uh, on my stand and I should have had it in my pocket, but. And it was both season two. You don't hear a shot, right? So I was thinking, keep the phone out in case one of the boys they they uh, take a shot, and maybe they they need help, right? But the tracking or waiting or whatever. But no, it was fun. It was fun to see deer that close and know that they had no idea I was in the area. And at any point in time, if they were, you know, I, I think there was, uh, there was there was definitely enough light. Um, it was not the legal shooting time was still. Um, it was before legal shooting time was over uh, when I could have shot uh, a big doe out of that that bunch, but I just it just was Sunday, you know, and it was I had so much hopes and expectations for the rest of the week, so I passed. Well, you gotta have high hopes. Oh, of course, yeah. So I that was the first time I passed. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. So exciting oh. Sunday. That was an exciting yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I think so. I like too. it. So Monday. Who go wants? Who, where do we? Where do we want to go? Do you want me? You I want you, dad? I think. Uh, I think you're dead. All right. Okay. Well, we'll bore. We'll bore you all first. Monday for me was a lot of emotion, up and down. First time ever in the Booner blind, six sided blind. That made close. you emotional. Oh, it did. With what was going on, because Bill was in there with me, and we sat shoulder to shoulder. So that, but facing the opposite way. Now my chair swiveled, so I could see I could see east to the field and swivel right to look at the hardwoods, and I could swivel right around almost. Uh, in fact, I could I could swivel right around and look completely behind me, but then I couldn't swivel to where to look to the south where Bill was sitting. His chair didn't swivel, so he was looking west to the hardwoods and then south down the ravine. And so we figured, okay, we got it covered. I just have to, you know, keep turning my head and move a little bit. My chair was completely silent. And so it got light. It got 8 o'clock. And we hadn't seen or heard anything yet. No shots or anything. And so I had my breakfast. It's breakfast time. 8 o'clock. Coffee. Yeah, breakfast time. That's what he's hungry. No time change. (laughs) And I eat regularly at 8 o'clock. My stomach said it was time to eat. So I had my granola coffee. And so I put everything away, and I got this little table sitting there with everything on it beside me, and I can swing around with my knees pulled in. So I swing to the right, and I'm studying through the hardwoods and trying to see out to the field. And then just as I came back, here is a buck trotting right straight to the east of me, but I hadn't seen him coming down the fence row. Like my my new stand is 10 yards inside the fence, inside the hardwoods, inside the fence line. And he was right against the fence line, coming straight south from my right to my left. But I didn't see him coming because I was swung looking the other way. And as I come back, 
There's the brown blur. I look, and doggone it, he's running straight to the ravine. He's only 20 yards in front of me, less than 20 yards, because I'm only 10 yards from the fence. And there he is going. I, I immediately want to get my gun up, and bang, I hit the side of the side of the thing, but it didn't matter anyway, because, because uh, he's gone, and he's over. And, he, and I said, Over the edge of the ravine. I said, it's a buck. And Bill turned his head to the right, and he says, oh, all I saw was his tail going down over. And now I'm really depressed, because... He, my stand that I have sat in for 40 years in that corner is 30 yards up that fence to my right. Still there. Still there. And all I could think of, if I was sitting in that stand. If you manned oh. up and, and faced the elements like the rest of us and yeah. didn't have to have the cabin, you'd have he, still been there. He'd have been right, come right underneath me, and I would have been able to shoot either saw him coming, shoot to the right, or let them go by and shoot to the left. There's a positive right. Right. end to this story. Oh, oh, this cost me a deer. This cost me a deer. Oh, my gosh. Is that my only Nice size buck? Uh, I'll I let you know. Good size, but I couldn't get a read on the antlers. Like, he was going by too quick. All I saw was a flash of the antler, and then, like, there were so many trees and leaves still on that I didn't get a good look at the antlers. Just a good-sized body, but he was gone. He was trotting. And if I'd have seen him coming or seen him sooner... I would have, you know, done that ah, and stopped him right in front of me in the opening. But I didn't see him till he was through. And there was no sense so, to stop him. <laughs> so did you have to, did you even get the gun up? Or he, no. He was, no. Up. Never even got the gun up. I mean, I guess that's, that's a little bit of a, a challenge in one of them blinds is picking a window. I learned right then. See, I'm used to nothing in front of me, like for, for 180 degrees to my right, to my left, and the big arc in front of me. And I'm used to a shooting rail. And I sit with my gun on the shooting rail. So it's already up. It's in position. It's almost to my shoulder. It's resting on my side. Well, in there, I thought, okay, I had separate sets of windows. But I thought, okay, I've got to pick a window and put the gun out of it and make sure that I got it up. So that was one learning curve right there. And, and I've got to be ready to where... The most likely spot. So I thought, okay, if we're coming through the hardwoods, I'm going to hear them before they get to me. <laughs> so I don't got to look there as much. Sure you, you know, are. Yeah. You say yeah. that. I didn't hear a deer all year. And I don't wear hearing aids, so <laughs> I'm not well, sure. If he's going to come in through the hardwood, he's going to be coming right at me. And it, it, it's, it's nothing but limbs and bushes and branches, and I'm going to hear them or I'm not going to get a shot anyway. So my full main focus is mostly the ladder. Okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so okay, I'm sitting there pretty dejected, and uh, so I'm 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 oh that cost me a dear holy mackerel two only two hundred bucks for this stand and this and this blind and I'm and it cost this cost me a dear I would should have been in my stand and I'm thinking okay there better be something good come out of this well then next thing I know Bill says to me there's a buck and like our our Faces are looking the wrong way, but we're just shoulder to shoulder. And so right away, I realized it's it's down the ravine. I don't. It turns out it was on the ledge. I said, "Shoot it!" He says, "I can't. I'm, I'm in the wrong." My and his chair didn't swivel, and it was noisy. And every time he moved, it creaked, crack. Oh. And he was trying to get the gun up slowly. And he says, "I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting. I'm not getting it up." He's just standing there. 
So I now let me well, tell you, them whisper into each other a lot louder than that chair <laughs> creaking and cracking. But that what, never moved. But I, but I, the bonus in that thing is the deer can't see in it, and and I walk up underneath it. I can't. They're looking at me. You can't see them. It's black you in there. You can't see them. Yeah, it's right. So the deer they can hear the noise. They're trying to figure out what the flip is making the noise because there's no movement. It's just noise. So there's and so they plus. stand there looking. And literally, they do. They just stand there like they're dumbfounded going, what's going on? Yeah, and it, that's, a, that's a big plus. That's a bonus. So I swung to the right with my chair all the way around to where I am now facing the window. He's looking out, and I stood up silently because my swivel chair is silent. You got one. You know what they're like. <laughs> yep. And I stood up and brought the gun. Now, here is number two drawback. No shooting rail. So I look down, and there it is on the ledge. Less than 30 yards. Got to be, what, 25 yards, Todd? If, if, yeah, if it's about 25, 30. And so here Straight he is down, the, though. Down to the ledge. All right. I can see his head. There's two trees, and the trees are separated from each other, east and west a little bit, but they're north and south from each other as well. So the, the space between them is only about six inches, but the space between them, north and south, is about six feet. So... The farthest tree, I can see his head. At the farther, or the closest tree, I can see his rump. Okay, I got the gun out. I'm thinking, take a step, take a step, take a step. But with my scope and not having a shooting rail where I can just hold it steady till he takes the step, takes the step, I'm muscling it. And I've got that bad left shoulder, and I'm wavering a little bit. And I'm thinking, take a step, take a step. And he won't take that step. He's just standing there staring. And there's two does with him, and they start to move around. And I thought, oh, he's going to bolt. They're going to bolt. He's going to bolt. And I don't know if I can stop him or not. So I look to the space between the two trees. And then there's this little sapling that comes out and kind of makes a a, a narrow zip. You know, like the, the Hyundai Two lines and that angle down in the middle. Honda's more straight like an H, but Hyundai's an angle. Well, here's this little little tree that angles between the two of them. The Hyundai tree. So I can see his body, the vitals. I can see his shoulder right behind his shoulder in that six-inch space. And I thought, I can make this shot. I can make this shot easy. And I thought, I should go for the vitals rather than wait for him to take that step. Or shoot him in the neck. Yeah, if there was enough neck, I wasn't even thinking that. I was just thinking, I can shoot him right right through the lungs here, right behind the shoulder. And so That's I line it up. Perfect shot. Just- I'm waving a little bit, just a little, and I think, okay, there. <laughs> and he runs forward up to, uh, like the ledge goes elevated, and he stands there. I said, Bill, watch him. I got to reload. So I'm reloading, and he went over that ledge, and then down to the bottom. And then... I said, I said to Bill, where's the doe? One standing right here. I said, see if you can shoot the bill, the doe. Don't be taking your time or don't be worrying about noise. Just stand up and shoot him. So Bill, he muscled out of the chair and it's creak, creak, croning. And he <laughs> gets the gun up. And before he can get a beat on him, it down over the ledge and disappears. Uh. So anyway, we sit there and wait. Todd says, you get him? I said, I have no idea. So I don't know. An hour went by maybe and. So now we'll pause and we'll pivot to Todd's Monday morning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
You can't leave a cliffhanger like that. Oh, yeah, right. we have to. We have to pivot to Todd's Monday morning. So, because he missed some vital information in between that time frame. Hmm. So, A, I get up and I'm ready before they even get to the house with the garage door open and my lunch ready to go and my oh, coffee and my thermos. It, it, it's such an important point in the story that you need to go back there and make sure everybody knows that the one time and only time you got your butt out of bed. Okay, I guess if it was a monumental event, we should go over the third time. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, yeah. so anyway... I, my morning, I I was not emotional. Well, I was in a way. It was more anxiety driven. So I said, "Okay, the corn is was up. It's now down. My corner where my stand is. It's the honey hole. Everybody knows. I shot four or five deer, four deer one one opening day morning, and let the fifth walk because nobody would answer me on the radio. We've gone through this, but anyway, so." I, I, I deer all the time. It's a pinch point. And when the corn's up, they feel comfy and they walk the edge of the corn. I'm just in the woods right by the ravine. I'm, I'm 200 yards from dad. He's on the other side of this little mini ravine that splits us. Like it's like a T ravine, but they go, they come up out of that ravine or they go down that ravine, but they walk that corner when the corn's up, they live in that corner. Cause there's some nice ragweed right in front of my stand where they can bed the safety of the corn. There's a bedding area, 200 yards to my right. There's a bedding area between me and dad. Like it's awesome, but the corn's off. So I said, I'm not even going to go into that stand. I've got another stand that's down by the other bed and area that's to my right, 200 yards. And they walk the big box. They walk inside that bush line right on the edge of that ravine. There's a little shelf and they walk that shelf. So you know what? You guys are in the big booner right there. I'm going to go down in the woods, in, in the hardwoods, into my stand that's on the same same ledge, but a hundred yards away from dad further than that stand. And just in the woods on the edge of the ravine. So I go in and I'm walking, I'm putting my tinks, tink scent bombs out. As I go down the, down through the path in the woods, the deer run that goes right to my stand. I put them all out. I get everything. I climb up the stand and the maple tree that when I sat in my stand was at my hip has sprouted another 10 freaking feet and probably 20 feet around and it completely encapsulates around my tree stand i got nothing i can't see in front of me or for well uh, let me let me ask you the question did you not go preseason to check to see what your shooting lanes were? I was too busy building the freaking Taj Mahal. <laughs> oh, or too busy resetting in your gun. After that. I, I got, but, and I didn't want to go after traipsing all through there with Dad and building his Taj Mahal. I didn't want to go yeah. over by mine because I figured yeah, why, we why just pushed you all the deer over there. And let's leave them. And he didn't figure it. that's the stand he was going to in the morning. He figured he was going to the one up top. So anyway, I get in that one and I'm like, well, this totally sucks. Now, do I waste my time and have to backtrack to find my tink scent bombs to go back to my normal stand? And I thought, well, you know what? It's only a hundred yards. And really it's only probably 70 yards because I was closer to my stand where I go in the woods to get to that one. So I'll leave them because they're still going to do me do me justice. They're still going to work the way the wind blows down over that ravine. It's going to pull them up out of the ravine. Anything within that I'm going to be able to hear, see, maybe get a shot at. So I'll leave them. So I had more because I had the orange tinks one from some years ago. And then I got the ones you were talking about, build a little foam things coming to baggy. So I get into my 
I go to the next stand and as I'm walking into that one, I'm putting those out and I go in a bit further past my stand and put them on the edge of the ravine. So it blows down over. I get up in the tree. I put my ozonics on the tree with the ratchet strap, turn it on. I sit down and I look and I go, I'm just not, something's not feeling good. I'm looking out. I've got the tree to my right. It has kind of, there's been a branch that's been encroaching for a long time. And, and I almost didn't get a shot at a deer last year that I got because it's growing out so much that they can now come in behind that. And I don't get to see them until they pop out past it and they can see me if I'm moving or they come in so close. I don't even know they're there until boom, there they are. And now I got to move and they're on top of me. So I'm sitting there in the dark and I can see the silhouette of this branch is growing out even further. And we're early in November. The leaves are all still on everything. So I can't see much in this stand. I got maybe a, a 10 foot window at the most. I don't Strike like that. Two. What's that? Strike. Strike two. two. And now, now it's seven o'clock legal shooting time, seven thirty-five, And I want to be in 45 minutes early, maybe an hour early. I would have been way early, but now I got to get this. So I unhook my ozonics. Wasn't sure of the trees or anything in the stands. Never ready. Because I built a Taj Mahal. <laughs> Never happy. My yeah. gosh. So anyway, yeah. I thought, you know what? I found a great spot last year. I had a giant buck walk. He just seen me before I could put the gun up. And it's the the episode that we talked about where I said, make it happen. And it was like it, getting to be Friday. We still had a buck tag. I had bucks run by me. Yeah, I yeah, ran I up and shot it. You're so, taking up many oh my, time here. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'm like, uh, I know where that spot is. And now it's pitch black, but I think I can go down there and find that on the edge of the ravine. So the beauty is I can't put a tree stand there because the ground is eroding down to the creek. But I can sit and it's high enough that it's like I'm in a tree stand because I'm shooting down on the edge of the creek and they don't look up that now it's really high tree stand like I'm like 80 feet up. So I went and, and I slid halfway down the hill in the dark. I'm putting turkeys out like you would not believe. I get to this and I, I get to a spot. It's 20 yards uh, closer to my stand than I was, but I'm a little bit higher. And I'm like, I'm even higher than last year under that spot there. This is a really good spot. It's kind of perfect. Right. And so I carry these umbrellas that it's the tree umbrella. If you Amazon.ca or whatever you want to go, Amazon.com, whatever, Google them, the hunting tree umbrella that it kind of screws into a tree and then it wraps around the tree and, yep. and overhangs you. So I don't put it up because I hate it. Even in the rain, the rain it hits it and it's so loud. I can't hear anything if it's raining. So I don't even like it for that. What I do like it for is I put it beside me in the rung of the, the tree stand and then it's it's a blind in the tree stand on my left and my right side because the, the posts will come through and go through the rungs of the, the tree stand seat that I'm sitting on and hold themselves there. And, That's and not it, a bad idea. Oh, dude, it is amazing. It closes me in. So I bought another one so I could do this on both sides of me because I only rolled with one last year. So I thought I got these things. Well, they'll also work as a ground blind because they're a half circle. So I popped one out and set it in front of me. I popped one out and put it behind me because now that ledge I was talking about is now above me, behind me, but I can sit down against this tree. I've got this umbrella behind me that is just my eyes. When I look back, I can see, so it's going to hide my movement. It's blocking now. Now key, uh, I feel it's a key is the backdrop. So deer see movement. They don't see color. So I, I, if, if you have something dark behind you, right, instead of clean air, they're not going to see the movement as much because you've got a blind. So I have that umbrella behind me. It's now like a giant tree I'm sitting against. Plus I got the tree I'm sitting against. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty freaking good about it. I think I texted you and said, dude, 
I'm loving this spot. I'm feeling yeah. really good. And so yeah, you're, you're pretty pumped up about that spot. Oh, for sure. I, I was like this, this is, th- I, I just, I just want to sit here all week because I know down there on the edge of that Creek, nobody goes, Hey, nobody crosses the Creek. Nobody hunts down there, but the deer walk through there like crazy. It's untouched territory down there. It's thick. I've seen lot. I know lots of deer. They always come up to my stand there. This is the spot. So, and I could shoot down there. You couldn't bow hunt it cause it's too far with a bow, but I can sure as heck shoot down there. So as I'm sitting there, I sure as heck have some does come through and it was just before dad had a buck come down. So these does come pitter pattering through and, and they're just in the thicket. So too far to shoot. And what, what do I do? Well, one comes and it comes right down the edge of the Creek and dude, I put my gun on her. I line up on her shoulder. It's 50 yards. I mean, it's 80 feet down, but it's 50 yards away on the, it's going to cross the Creek like they do. It doesn't eat. I get up on my knees. I put my gun up. It doesn't see me. I put it on the shoulder. I pull the trigger and it turns around and runs back up the pathway. It came across the creek from me and runs right back towards me. I missed Wait it. Wait a minute. Hold on. It. Hold on. Hold on here. Yeah. You told me in the text message it was a long shot. I thought it was. I you went, just told me I, it's I thought 50 it was. yards. I thought it was, but I ranged it. It, 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 it ended up not being. <laughs> I felt bad for you when it was a long shot and you missed. Now, with the fact it was that a you chip spent, shot, but I know what happened. I know what happened on bullets to give yourself <laughs> the, the dial in the two days before the hunt and all the powder and the time. And what and the last one, the last thing I, I said to you was all I'm hearing is no excuses for missing deer now. <laughs> well, okay, rookie mistake. So here's the yeah. gig. Here's the gig on my ramrod because I had loaded my gun, I, like I put the bullet in and everything ahead of time and I thought I'm not going to it's not going to be out of the case before legal shooting time. I'm not going to be shooting anything before I'm sitting down. And when I sit down, I take my ramrod out of my gun and I set it beside me so it's a little bit less I have to do to get reloaded as fast as I can. Ramrod's ready. Why and- do you need two shots? Well, in case there's two deer and one stands there, <laughs> stupid. So I I yeah, took the, right. the little, the, the piece that you have to, so when that goes in, when you pull that out, you have to t- unscrew the piece that pushes the bullet in and flip it and thread it on that ramrod so it's longer. It sticks out longer. So I had already done that. I forgot. That piece is sticking out past my barrel a good, I don't know, four and a half inches. I don't realize it is out there and I didn't know if that would throw off my shot or not, to be honest with you. Apparently it must because I roasted the end of that ramrod piece like that. You could see where that, where that bullet went, right? It's no longer black. It's shiny. (laughs) So it was sticking out. So I figure that I either that threw the bullet off enough that it hit a rock in the creek or something. And it that's, she didn't know where the shot came. She heard the bullet hit past her. She ran back, came right down and right, tried to cross right below me. Well, now I'm reloading as fast as I can and I'm on my knees and I'm, I'm not right behind my umbrella. I've put up because she's coming in on a different angle. I'm on my, I get it. I, I start to reload. She's coming down the edge of the creek and she sees movement. She stops dead and pins me and I stop ramrod half way down my barrel i'm not moving don't look her in the eyes i close my eyes i never look an animal in the eyes they know it so i close my eyes i'm not moving i'm not moving 
So then, okay, fine. She starts to come down the edge of that creek again. Awesome. I get the barrel seated, done. Well, now she sees me, but I got no options. I got to reload. I got, so now I got a primer. I cracked my gun open. She has pegged me at 15 yards. She's staring straight up at me. 15, 1-5. 1-5, right below me. Like, I mean, I'm shooting straight down. I get the primer on, close it up. Pull the gun up. Now, I may have had a split second that I probably could have drove it right between her shoulders. She's facing me head on, head straight up looking at me. Like could have shot her in the forehead. But I'm thinking, I got to get her broadside. But man, her muscles are tensed. She's ready to go. The minute she turns, I'm pulling the trigger and hopefully hit her in the shoulder. So I line up, okay, put my gun up, get the scope on her. hopefully at 15 yards? Well, well, I should have, A, I should have drove her right between the shoulder blades. <laughs> I should have shot her right through the neck is what I should have done. It would have smoked, like I should have. Yeah, and and it's always a should have, should have. like a stone right there. It would have, absolutely, at 15 yards, guaranteed. But I'm thinking ethical shot, get her in the shoulder, which in the end... It was not an ethical shot. No. So I'm lined up. I just get my scope on her, on her between the shoulders. I come to the left because she looks like she's going to turn. The head's starting to go. Soon as she starts to move, I swing left like a shotgun, pull the trigger, and I light that crick up beside her as she runs away. So, so you missed that idea twice. So that all happens. Dad no, no, texts no. me and says, hey, <laughs> a buck just got by me. I said, well, which way did it go? It went into the ravine. Okay, well, right. Now, let's stop and think why I would ask that. I mean, a common sense question, which way did it go? I don't care. Obviously, if it got by you, it went down into the ravine. I'm down watching the ravine. (laughs) This is the first one that went by me. Yeah, I don't care if it went right. I care if it went left. So which way did it go? Down the ravine. Which way did it go? So he says, I don't know. Down the ravine. Well, isn't this lovely? Did it go on the east side of what we call the hog's back, which is where my brother-in-law is? Or did it go on the west side of the hog's back, which would be driving it right to me? Because dad and Bill's blind where they're sitting in the Taj Mahal. It goes down like it's it's we call it the hog's back. It's a gradual thing that is narrow. I mean, you can barely walk it, but it goes that full 150 feet drop on a gradual. So they don't walk that. They either go over it. They go over it. They go west or they go they go east. So he says, I don't know. Well, which I think your way. Okay, fine. Well, it wasn't to clarify. Didn't see which way it went because they'll run along that ledge and go over it to the right. They'll run along the ledge to the left. All I know is it went over. So I said when it went over, it was on our side of the hawk. So chances are it's coming towards me. Yeah. So I don't know. I I could hear branches breaking and stuff like that. And sure enough, a buck shows up at 50 yards. And now, but... That buck was not where the doe, it's in some thick crap. I've got, like dad said, I could just, I get my scope on it. I'm on my knees. It can't, it can't even see me. I'm so high up there. It's not looking. It paused and tensed up. And I thought, holy crap, it's going to go. I got to get my scope on it and, and fast. And I mean, I should have been able to see this thing. It must've walked the, the, the edge of the crick from dad where I can't see that well, because it's just boom, there it is. If it came through the woods, I'd have seen Brown coming through the woods, but boom, it's right there. 50 yards on the, the other way. 
and in, in the thick stuff, I got my scope up. I put it through. Okay. I can see vitals there and I can see it tense up. I'm like, it's about to move. It's about to run. I'm going to have to pull it. Well then instead it wasn't tensed up cause it seen me, which I thought it swung its head back. Like something else was coming through the woods. The minute it swung its head back. Oh, I'm good to go. Found it between two trees, pulled the trigger. That thing just bucked, ran 40, 50 yards and crashed. I watched it crash. Oh, so I am shooting where I should be. So <laughs> thank goodness I had already taken the ramrod out. So that happens. So then dad, I hear dad's shot go off on the buck that was on the ledge. So I said, okay, I got one down. Did you want me to come look for yours? help you look for yours. Well, we'll wait until the bucks normally move around 10, 10 30. So at this time it's 11, I think uh, quarter to 11, 11 o'clock, wait till 1130. Cause that's the normal 10 30 because of the time change and then come over. So I said, okay. So as I'm sitting there, I had that does walking by on that ledge. I don't even know how many I seen dad that were, they were in the, in the bush. There was some, I let go. There was a doe with two fawns, let go, um, wa- let them walk on. I, I messaged dad. Hey, there, I think there's two does coming up the, the edge to you. Cause I just watched them. Like it was just to sit there and see all the deer. It was awesome. Now, some, I believe I took two more shots that morning at a, at, at a big doe that she was walking. It was doable. I bet you it was 80 yards, but it was in thick stuff. I picked an opening and said, soon as she gets to that opening, I'm pulling the trigger and I'm to the, to the, to the era, I guess, of, of shooting enough deer that I've built up enough. I don't hesitate anymore. If you hesitate, you will not get shots at deer. Some you will, but if you has it, you will not, you just, there's times when you cannot hesitate. Like that doe standing there staring up at me. I has, I should have drove her right through the neck or right between the shoulders, staring dead at me at 15 yards. I hesitated, should not have hesitated. So I'm, I don't care. I'm not hesitating anymore. So I could see this doe trotting through the, and I thought 80 yards, that's doable. She's a big doe. Put it up, put it, found an opening and thought as soon as she comes, well, she came, I, ah, she didn't stop. So I just tried to move with her, pulled the trigger. Well, I, I must've smashed trees because she didn't stop in that opening. She spun around and turned. She stopped at about a hundred yards. I reloaded threw the gun up just as I throw the gun up. She starts to run and I took another shot through the <laughs> and I didn't dad, here she comes. There's another one coming up, but I was throwing oh, lead. Like, I was throwing lead like crazy. You took five shots Monday morning. I think I took four shots, dad. Yeah. four. That sounds like five to me. I two shots I, on one, the two, three, two shots four. On the oh, maybe it was yeah, five. Yeah. 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 yeah it was five. five shots. I cleaned my gun that night. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it. But Todd was out there to have fun. He was just throwing lead all over the place. Sounds like. Well, hey, you miss a hundred percent of the deer you don't shoot at. That's true. And I wouldn't pull the trigger that, that if true. it wasn't doable. And where I aim, I always aim in the front. So if I do hit them, they're going down. Don't aim so, at back in the guts. So you, from fifteen to eighty, you missed. That's cool. <laughs> so, to a hundred and change, I bet. So, back <laughs> to me. I said, if you're done messing up down there. Yeah. If you're done. Come on. And, and that's the beauty. I never messed up down there because I never went down there. The only time I went down was later in the afternoon to drag that buck over to the creek and, and gut it and then four wheel it out. So that place stayed untouched. So he, I said, come on over here. We, we want to look for blood. I have no idea if I hit that deer or not because he just ran up and behind thick stuff where we could barely see him and then over the edge. 
He says, there's no way at 25, 30 yards, I had to hit it. Yeah, but I, I had to thread it between two trees. Well, but at the, I, I, I said, well, you should have. He goes, and, and let me tell you, women say that inches don't matter or that size does matter. I don't know. But this was the dis- the difference between, se- what, seven inches, Dad? No, six inches. Six, six inches, inches and a half an inch. down on an angle. And if I was too low, then, it, then the, the triangle would have diminished. And, and I was waving a bit. So I was not positive on the shot. All I knew was that I tried to thread it through there. That's all I knew. And, and so I, I said, all right, on a steady rest. I'll come over. I'll look for blood. I'll see what we right, can so see. When he got over, I, I okay, I got to get down. So I marked the two trees. I got down out of the stand. And he come over. And it's it's a slight slope to the ledge. And then it drops off really steep. Oh, it drops. So I thought I can. And then you can see the bottom again. And the bottom's shootable. So anyway, I, I slid part way down and work him way down. Bill says, you shouldn't go down there. I said, oh, Bill, I'm fine here. This is gradual. This is nothing. So I started part way and I got the two trees and I said, that deer should have been standing right there. So I'm standing in its hoofs. I can see where the leaves are turned up, where the hooves were. And I'm like, okay, this is where it was. I'm not seeing any blood. So I get down and I get right down to the first tree, hold on to it, move to the next tree that's to a little to its left and right at my eye level, I'm looking at a bullet hole. The width of the bullet caught that tree. Half an inch. Half an inch. <laughs> he smoked the, that tree. And the side of that tree was bowed out and splintered. It took the bullet. Half an inch. So yep. I just must have just waited so, a little bit. So if it was six and a half inches, dead deer. Six inches, no good. So what you're telling me is that half inch... It matters. Uh, deflected the bullet and he didn't get the deer at That's 30 right. years. So, well, and yeah. then he says, well, mm. uh, my theory That's was even if I hit the tree, it might have bounced off the tree and still went through the deer. Because I, so, I figured the deer was right against that tree, but it wasn't. No, it was a good 10 yards past the tree down was, lower on the ledge. Yeah. So here I am. I followed all the hoof prints all the way down to where it crossed the creek and no dice. Yeah. So, okay. So now this is Monday. We got a deer down and, and that's it for Monday. And I missed. That's a lot of shooting on Monday. Yeah. Your brother-in-law or <laughs> all week, Michael. Buddy. <laughs> Rick put a brand new stand on the opposite side of the hogback that I'm sitting on up top, and he put it the other side of the hogback down below. And he's really confident. He's got a shooting lane across the creek. And it's a good spot. Yeah. I would say that I wanted a tree stand there forever. And just haven't had time did, to get it there. He ran a rope down the hill so that he can use the rope to go down and come up. It's that steep. And so Holy he, he's down there and he never saw a deer. And uh, one of the guys shooting with us never saw a deer. Now, Michael, he, now, Michael, he, he says, yeah, I had three in front of me. And I said, oh, I didn't get a chance. Mike too thick. What happened? And he was a little sheepies at sharing. <laughs> and he says, he says, no, I, I never got a shot. Two rookie mistakes on opening day yeah, for us. And so I said, you never got a shot. eh?" And so I let it go at that. And then later he says, actually, Don, he says, I had the safety on. <laughs> and I said, you had the safety on? I said, Mike, we've all been there. I forgot to put a cap on one morning. One morning? Yeah. yeah well, and I, I left the keys <laughs> to the trigger lock in my truck two mornings. Just and, two mornings? And yeah, No, just two. <laughs> and so now I use the combination. I don't take that chance anymore. But, but we've all been there. We've all been there, Michael. He says, well... 
okay, really? And then he got excited because then he realized we weren't going to make fun of him. Yeah, you can share your story. Much. He realized, dude, that, I that, left the ramrod hanging out the end of my gun. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I didn't turn around in time, and I tried to thread two trees and failed. And you're like, oh, well, he's feeling better now. You know, he's he's not feeling so stupid. And he says, oh, Don, he says, I'm telling you, three big does standing at 15 yards right in front of me. They just appeared out of the bush. And he says, they were stood right there at 15 yards. And he says, and I'm pulling the trigger. Why won't it shoot? And I pulled it again. And I pulled it. So he didn't just pull it once and realize the safety was on. <laughs> he pulled it several times. And I'm thinking, oh, Michael. You know, like, this is cool. Like, and so he started laughing. He says, I can't figure why my gun isn't going off. I can't figure why it's not shooting. And then he says, I realize my safety's on. Well, he's panicking. He's moving. He's looking at his gun. So now the deer got him pegged. He flips that safety off, click, and they scatter like, bang, they're gone. And before he can line up, they're gone, and he doesn't get a shot. And for Michael, uh, I'll tell you ahead of time because we're going to tell day by day, but that was his week. That was his opportunity. He never had uh. another one. So, yeah. Jeez. But he, but he still came well, with us. Yeah, no, we, we've all been there. We, yeah. I, I, had a, I had a deer a couple of years ago, and I think I've told the story before. I'll just tell it real briefly again. And I call it click because being <laughs> being safe up in the tree, you know, I had uh, I had my 308. Uh, my grandfather, uh, when he passed away, he, uh, he uh, willed me his uh, Browning 308 semi. And, um, I was, <laughs> I walked, I walked in my tree stand and being real safe, took the, took the gun and emptied it before, before I, I raised it up in the tree stand and sat there, uh, most of the afternoon. And all of a sudden we had a buck tag only. We couldn't shoot does because didn't have a doe tag. And sure enough, this legal buck comes from my left and he's coming right into, to a little bit of uh, apple feet that I had out there uh, on a string. And I line up on him and he's 30 yards out. And all of How a big? sudden, How big? he was, How he many was points? six, six points. Yeah. But he was, he was a goofy six points. Like I, I call him, I call him click, but I, but I don't call him Mondo deer. He was, <laughs> he, he was a, a legal buck that I was proud to shoot if the opportunity was there. And he come across and I line up on him and I, it was click safety off. Well, I forgot to rack in a shelf. When I got up to the stand, and that's now not I'm just a click. Too. That's like a call. <laughs> there was, and then now I'm panicking because now I have to. He's, he's, I don't know, forty five yards out, coming on a string in there, and now I have to rack a, a shell in. I rack the shell, and now I get my glove caught in between, <laughs> you know, the action. And I pull the, I pull the gun out. Now he's got me pegged, and he takes one bound away, and boom, I, I take a shot and I miss low. Well, with the semi. I had enough that the second shot I whacked him as he was as he was jumping over the log. I lined up on his shoulder and as his uh, hit the ground, well, I hit him a little bit far back. And then now he's he's booking for another county. And I took two more shots until the gun was empty. And and I <laughs> hear the minute. dust. You unloaded him. like four shots. This is the first and only time I've ever unloaded on on a deer. And that and that just so happened to be the same day my wife came into camp. She it was her first day in the camp, and my dad and, and her were going for a walk uh, through the bush, and he was explaining a bunch of some of the, the uh, stands that we have and stuff and they hear the shoot i said guys I, I, i've hit this deer 
uh, I need some help. Well, <laughs> sure enough, they come out, they help me, they come to help me look and I, I find where the deer is. And now we're going on the trail and this deer stands up. Well, this deer stands up probably 30 yards away and I want to put a finishing shot into that deer. And I line up on that deer the second time and it was click. I, I, forgot to, I forgot to rack a shell into it a second time. So, <laughs> so that, that's a, it's happened to us all, Michael. Awesome. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so anyways, I call that deer click. To, to recap my Monday, and then I'm done with Monday, to recap my Monday, there was a learning curve in there. And for a while there, I was feeling like, oh, my gosh, this thing's costing me dear. But then I made myself feel better because I thought, okay, I wouldn't have had a chance at that buck had I been in the old stand. I wouldn't have even seen it. I wouldn't have been able to see down there. I wouldn't even anywhere where I could. Bill wouldn't have had an opportunity to see the does and try to get up. So he's in a learning curve, too, that we've got to change his chair. We've got to do a few things. And then I made some adjustments to how we were sitting, how we were located in there got my chair back from my long windows which point to the field and realized now i can use the the bottom ridge of the long window because uh, i'm shooting to the field as a rest for the gun and then if i need to pull the gun out and go to another window and swing around i can do it without banging the sides i can i can pull it back to my shoulder make the swing and get out that window so i'm feeling better now because okay I didn't get a chance at that book that went by me, the uh, buck that went by me. Maybe I would have got it out of my old stand. Maybe I wouldn't have. Who knows? But it was, it's a really good chance. The way I went by, I would have got it. But I would never have had the chance at the two or at that one I shot at down the hill. And, yeah, should I have shot it in the neck? Probably. Probably more neck and head showing than there was through that six inch. Probably. And yet if it took a step, if I waited till it took a step, would it run or not? I don't know. But I wouldn't have had those opportunities. So I'm thinking, okay, I got more opportunities here. Concentrate on the two sides that I can see really well. And don't be so worried about the directions I can't because when I'm in a tree, I just can't see behind me in the tree. So I've, I've learned some things, how to move in there, made some adjustments. So I'm feeling better. We go home. We got one deer down. We've had some opportunities. We're feeling good. We're looking oh, forward to Tuesday. And the week gets better, but we'll hit yeah. that on the next podcast. Well, and then we got to go through your Monday on the next one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Monday was a good day for us too, but maybe we saved that for uh, for the next podcast. Yeah. Well, we, uh, uh, we're pretty much at our time there, and that's only Monday. We are. It's only Monday. Holy geez, you guys are long-winded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're long-winded. I've, yeah. It's just... Well, we love our deer. I like. That's I have a is. hard time getting a word in edgewise. Yeah, right. Edgewise, yeah. No, I, I get it. This is this is where you're all about. <laughs> can, can you and, relate, uh, Bill? <laughs> would I train the yeah, would, I, would I trade the booner? <laughs> no way. I wouldn't trade the booner for anything now. And well, I, just as a, a the last to finish this off with, I wanted to ask you. I know that that your son was very militant about you not going into your stand and getting all your stuff in there. Were you able to get enough things in that blind to be comfortable? <laughs> yes. Yes. I had Define yeah. comfort, Bill. Kitchen sink? Is kitchen sink a comfort yeah. item? Well, yeah. last last podcast, we talked about coffee maker, uh, solar panels. <laughs> like the, yeah. yeah, satellite I had, dish. I had the heater sitting up in one point, six seconds. I had the heater, the buddy, sitting up. Never turned it on the, the whole four days we were there. Never turned it on. 
You know, you know, all I can picture when you talk about you and Bill in that stand, and I'm going to apologize in advance, is is the grumpy old men, the two guys sitting in their ice fishing huts with all this stuff in their chairs, and you know, I have all this stuff with me on the tree. Let me tell you, when you get to Tuesday, when you wait, I was in there doing more work this that in in the next couple days, but I don't want to spoil it. I mean, the week gets better, and what I had to do, Bill. Yes, there was a lot of freaking crap in that blind. I'm yeah. in there being carpenter Todd let and then me, became housekeeper. But we'll get to that on the next podcast. Let me just say that, yes, everything that I had with me, I usually have up in my tree stand. But I hang my calls from the from the rail, the shooting rail. I hang the rattle horns from the shooting rail. So I just reach out, use them, and then let them swing back, right? So I had them on a little table in there. And uh, my, my quick load is around my neck where I have to pull it up. My phone is around my neck. With everything I had in there, I usually have with me, but uh, there were some changes we'll get to. We've always made fun of him for going in like a pack mule. I mean, he's got every cargo pocket. He wears pants with cargo pockets. They're full. He sounds like a walking wind chime. Doesn't stop there. He's got the biggest backpack like he's going to summit Mount Everest on his back. It loaded. Then he's got his satchel pack that I, I say satchel possible's pack that's got all his reload and all that jazz in there. And then he's got another pack that he carries on the side. Like it's absolutely insane when he goes yes, and turkey hunting's no different when we go. Everything I, has a purpose, I bet. My gosh. Let's leave it at that. But I will say that I forgot to say that it was very evident that my view to the field was not as good as it should have been. But we fixed there that. Was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of leaves on. And uh, like we, even though we trimmed some branches, where I was, I was in the thick of those saplings. Trees that were from an inch to about four inches in diameter in there. The, uh, when you got up 10 feet, they just branched right out and were all leaves. So next week you'll get to hear why I didn't get time to do my tree well, stands. At lunchtime right. that day on Monday, we, uh, we said... We're going to fix that. So we'll get to it. We we said. They're just lucky I was in a good mood all week. <laughs> That's it. Well, that was not part of Monday, though. That was Monday lunch. That wasn't Tuesday. That what? That we thinned it out. No, that was Tuesday. No, it wasn't. That was Monday lunch. We said. Are Monday. you kidding me? No, I took everything in Monday morning. I took everything So Monday. Oh, good grief. So, okay. Well, then it's still Monday. We'll wrap up with this. But, yeah, he had me in there at lunch trimming trees. And, I mean... I'm thinking, okay, this is going to take five minutes. No, it wasn't. It was Tuesday. You're right. It was Tuesday. Thank you. I was thinking, yes, it was. It was Tuesday. We'll touch on this next week. Yeah, it was Tuesday. Jeez. There's circumstances up to that, but yeah. Yeah, there are. Thanks, Joe Biden. Yeah. He's confused. Very good, gentlemen. Now I better write this down or I'll forget. (laughs) Make some notes. (laughs) Good grief. No, I have it straight. Don't argue with me. All right. Well, appreciate it, Bill. When the woods turned, we will end here. (laughs) And we will hear, we'll start with your Monday next week. Sounds good. All right. All right, gentlemen. Thanks, man. Good talking to you. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd, and thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.